NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Thank you, Beth, so much for joining me this morning and for talking to me about your work. We've already been talking, so um, there's lots of exciting stuff you've been telling me about, and I wish I was recording the whole time. But um, maybe you can start with who you are and what drives you to do what you do. Well, thanks, Christine. Um, it's nice to be here. So um, my name is Beth Reimer, and I am the co-director of the Ohio Writing Project at Miami University. And um, in that work, I get to work with K-16 teachers around all things writing project. And we just finished four weeks with 61 teachers um, with the Summer Institute. And we learned so 61. many things about teaching that. remotely. <laughs> what? 61. I didn't get that detail. Before. Yeah, I know. It was so awesome. I'm sorry. So I, I over talked to you. So 61 teachers and you were working on what? And we just learned so many things about teaching remotely that, um, that some things that reaffirmed what we had already known through teaching remotely before, and then kind of some other like new understandings that I think we can use going forward. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the things that I'm really trying to, uh, learn from folks is how you, are designing to support writing online. So everything you learned, we'd love to hear from you about that. Okay, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think I learned, I want to say, is that we are not done learning, right? Which is also something that we all know. But I think it's true that, um, that, that I learned that we have to have grace actually with each other and with ourselves. Just like if a first year teaching or the first time you jump into anything, you learn some things and you try some things and then you keep learning. And I think that's true for our students and for ourselves, by the way, and we'll keep learning. But um, we did learn some things that I think are super interesting. So um, I don't know, I'll just start talking and then interrupt me with questions, right? Sounds great. So um, the first thing I think we learned, and maybe it's layers of thinking about teaching remotely or teaching writing online remotely. The first one is this big idea that, as we know, like many things stay the same as teaching writing all the time. Like if we hold on to our core beliefs, those will be our compass all the time. But like even more than just that, like even more than that cliche, but like the idea that what really matters and teaching writing face-to-face -face still matters in remote, this idea of like building community is huge. Giving choice and teaching students how to make choices, huge. Um, sharing writing and having habits of writing and reading, huge. And actually teaching. So, because I think one of the things that's true about remote or online classrooms is it's super easy to assign, right? Like so easy to say like, here's a prompt, do this make a revision or read this and respond. And that's all assigning. And that whole like gap in between of teaching is lost. And so we really have to think about what does it look like for me to teach you how to, I don't know, combine a sentence or teach you to look at various ways people make choices around introductions or organization. And I can't forget that part, but that's a core belief, right? So if I can remember what it is that my core beliefs are, then that will guide and create like really great classrooms. So like, so for example, this idea of community, we know that teaching writing needs a community because if people are gonna take risks, work hard, they have to have a community. And so like for us, um, it meant 
giving it the time and the value for it, right? Um, creating some kind of like sacred space or um, in a K-12 classroom, I could even imagine as the new school year starts, it would totally look like a first launching or mini unit at the beginning that is absolutely only about creating community, practicing technology, making people feel really successful about what it means to be a reader and a writer. And that's actually like golden, right? Um, so those big ideas about what we already valued and how we already did it, I think stay true across um, remoteness, right? Yeah, um, I think that's so important. And this this idea of building community too is just, um, you know, as an ongoing task also, um, but yeah. as a as a really important part of a beginning and of a, you know, entering in. Because I was talking to one of our students yesterday, and she said the first couple of days she was scared, right? Because online she didn't know anybody, and then face to face you could kind of like read people or, you know, sit next to somebody. And online you didn't know anybody, and so like the sharing of writing, you being vulnerable and sharing your own kind of like writing or experiences, um, chatter even, and yeah. allowing for like chats and that kind of stuff was huge, because then we could really push a nudge later. Yeah, because yeah. they trusted us and they were invested. And I think that's part of the community, right? If you build a community, remoteness requires so much independent motivation. And so if you build a community, you have to have people wanting to do, not because they have to, but because they want to. Because they really want to. And they're, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So the big ideas are true. Like, I think it makes sense to jot down in a notebook. Like, what, what was true that worked in my own classroom when I was the best teacher or, of writing and what I know about writing and then like thinking about how that might look and translate because I think it can. And then, of course, like a second layer is obviously thinking about the technology and the remoteness. Like, what are the moves that make that kind of thing work? And I think we learned maybe four things, maybe three main things. One of them is like the importance of predictability and structure. And, and so like always, we know that's important in teaching that a student or a participant knows like what's going to happen because that allows an, an open space for like risk taking. But in terms of technology, like it might look like specific learning times, like our day was structured into three learning times, like learning zones. And they always knew they were going to be at those times with like breaks in between. And so they could plan their own life around it. And it was really clear. Um, and then something really simple, like we used color coding. And honestly, like it was huge. It's so small. But the color coding helped everybody stay on track. It made it really clear. Um, one of my favorite high school teachers, he showed like just the way like even he would have his daily Google slide up during remote teaching and it would have like reading kind of work was in one color, writing work was in color, one color mentor text work was in a color. And so students every day knew and it was easy to keep track of. And so sometimes there are little tiny things like that that make kind of all... Um, all the difference. Right. The sort of scannability too, of being able to sort of have a sense of your day or whatever. Yeah. Cause watching my own daughter try to learn this spring, it was when she got frustrated about not knowing kind of like where things were or how to do a thing, she couldn't learn. Right. And so what we want right. to do is try to remove those kind of like low level barriers 
that are going to stop somebody from being able to do the work or learning or writing and all of that stuff. So trying to do that remotely sometimes means giving them a really predictable structure. I think it also means settling on one or like two or three tops four kind of like tech platforms, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on to like run your class um, to have kind of like a landing space. And of course those, whenever you choose technology, it all has to do with like your purpose so, for example, in our most recent class, we, um, we knew we needed a purpose of like a week schedule. So we just made like a shared Google Doc that had hyperlinks and everything was a landing page there. People could find it super easy for a week schedule. And then we had a Padlet because we knew that what we wanted was a space for like resource collection and people to be able to post various forms of um, like modes, visual, text, pictures, that kind of stuff. But more like information or text or discussion. And then we also had a social space because we knew that was going to be super important. So we use like, of course, we use Zoom for our synchronous times, but we also used um, a site called MeWe, which is like this social network um, because we wanted to like be able to have this constant kind of thing going on like you have in a community or a classroom. So we had just a few Mm -hmm. places and then students always knew if they got lost, go back to that calendar, everything's linked and you need like some sort of landing page. But then you don't want to like only use a couple of tools because it is just like in a classroom, you always use different discussion, different kinds of teaching methods. So in your teaching, then you get to use all the other things, right? Like if I'm having a discussion, maybe I use Jamboard, maybe I use Now Comment. I can use it in different ways. Like that's when I use the different kinds of technology, but like students only have to be masters of a few. In order right. To so there's run. like the structural piece that kind of like supports the entire class. And then there might be play and experiment with different. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And then that's when you like match all the other things like, oh, Jamboard is great for like little post-it note discussions or, you know, and you, you, that's exactly, I love that. Like that interactive play or, or what do you need students to do? Right. 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 Um, and try. So, and then I, um, and then along with that, and then I, um, the other thing I'm thinking about with remoteness and is this idea of what we learned about teaching. And remember, like, that was one of the core beliefs, I think, that kept really guiding us is like, don't forget about teaching. Don't forget about teaching. Um, writing, because that's what we're talking about. Not, um, and what we realize is that remotely, you have to teach small. Like, you have to teach small, right? Breaking down something big into small pieces that can be done. Um, in different ways, but like, it's, it's more mental work to this remote learning. And so breaking things down um, and thinking about like, how do I teach that? So for example, we would, we thought about kind of three kind of like main ways to think about teaching. Like we would say, all right, is this a kind of learning and teaching that needs to happen all at the same time? Because if so, then we'll do some sort of synchronous work. And that synchronous work could be like on a Google, simple as a Google Doc or a Zoom conversation, right? Or other ways, but like we all need to be in the same space at the same time, kind of learning together. And then there's, and then those might look like whole groups or it might look like one-on-one conferences, right? But, um, and then we thought about like, there's other work and teaching that we can do asynchronously. And that is something that we might set up a hyperdoc or we might set up like an, an annotation, digital annotation or something. And that work can be done at whenever um, time. And then there's other teaching that might be flex. 
And this flex really lets student choice happen too. Maybe there's choice boards or maybe there's like two options. They could join for a discussion or digitally annotate this and have a dis digital discussion this way. And then that really allows students to um, make choices about the way they want to try something. So like maybe I'm working on writing and I have some revisions to do. You could like, hey, join me for revisions and we'll work through this together. Or you can do these asynchronous revision stations that has teaching in it. And I thought that was, I think that that was super important for thinking about um, teaching, teaching small and then giving different ways. And then of course, like always thinking about, do they need models and mentor texts and all of the same things that we would always do if we teach writing that, do they need to see me write? Should I plug in my dot cam? and I'll write in front of them or videotape myself? Right. Or do they need to see a mentor text and all together we can group annotate it? So all of those same things. Right, and all of those things, those pieces can come into all of those different situations too. But I, lo I love the way that you brought in the different, I mean, I, I guess just to, I was thinking about the way you write with each other when you're online. Like as the instructor too, like trying to think about like how do I, how do I be present in this space, whether it's synchronous or asynchronous or it's flex. Mm -hmm. It's just it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's interesting to have options, right? I mean, yeah. I think it would be super easy, and I think it might be easier than we think too, which mm -hmm. is something that um, if we give ourselves grace and know that we're gonna like kind of like mess up along the way, yeah. as we always do when we're learning how to do something well. But I th how easy would it be for me just to turn on a, a meeting like this and say like, let's try some writing inspiration. Check out this really great Clint Smith poem. Look, I read this and it's making me think this. And I could just be pushing record, right? Or screencast or something. And then anybody who's with me is with me in the moment or somebody who couldn't be with me that moment can just push play. Yeah. And they're still with me. Right. And so we are still doing it together. And um, maybe that record button is going to be our best friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's like making the resources along the way as we interact. And right, right. Yeah, and the mentor text thing has been really powerful in, uh, in the class that I've been teaching. And we've been turning to a lot of um, both the New York Times work, the, the Learning Network work, and also so good. Troy Hicks has some good, some like a mentor text piece on nonfiction text mm -hmm. that's really helpful um and um and also thinking about social media as mentor text has been really an interesting but there's so many texts around us today you know just thinking about like how where, where are we pulling our inspiration from and yeah and I, I, that whole idea about thinking about writing is so kind of cool in this remote time mm -hmm. because writing is everywhere and it really lets us pause and think about well, what is writing? Like yeah. that whole idea of Shauna Coppola's book, Writing Redefined, um, is this idea of like, what is writing, right? And um, Dr. Jason Palmieri is our new director at the Ohio Writing Project, and his mm -hmm. work is around multimodal writing. And like, that's, that would be a really great like start of a year, right? Who's a write? What is a writing? What's writing? Who is a writer? Who are you as a writer? And students could be super successful. Check out a bunch of mentor texts and kind of plan. What does this look like remotely? How do we look at a mentor text together remotely? And then we could try it, right? Maybe I'll write a meme. Maybe I'm writing mm -hmm. this, you know, a Twitter thread. And maybe I'm writing uh, this, I believe. Maybe I'm writing an essay. Like, there's all kinds of things I could write. Um, and really that whole goal being 
opening up possibility, but also practicing technology and being successful as writers so we can keep doing hard work later. Yeah. When I think about teaching writing, I think that those things pop into my mind, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the way that you've, you've um, taken down. I mean, I actually so appreciate you talked about teaching small and I feel like you just sort of like did break down the pieces that are necessary <laughs> to start thinking this way. Um, and to, to support folks in doing this work. So I so appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. You were talking about the um, having grace, I guess. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I want to come, maybe we should end with that. And maybe yeah. um, also tie in not losing the importance of the writer mm -hmm. in this writing instruction and remotely, right? That how important student ownership or writer ownership is. I mean, if we go back to like Donald Graves yeah. <laughs> and like Murray and those people, like the, the writer's at the center, right? And we can't lose that. Um, and teaching remotely, I think, makes it super easy to lose it because we just like create a thing and say, do that. And we have to constantly remember, okay, what does it mean to be a writer? And just how am I gonna create that writing space and I can do it. It's just a different kind of space, right? It doesn't mean it has to be exactly the same, but letting the student or the writer help you own it. So like I would kind of like even advocate for at the beginning of the year in some kind of launching kind of space say, all right, we have this like thing we need to figure out together. Mm -hmm. Like we need to figure out how we're going to have a writing habit. Here's like, why does it matter? And we might do a little inquiry into it and we might actually, um, here's a couple possibilities I came up with and I might show them some structures and then see what they think. Cause they're smart and yeah. they probably have some ideas and then they would own it. Um, and to remember like what mattered for writers, sharing your writing, being able to like have actual like real lessons or teaching to make things better. We just can't forget that. Like let students have choices and ownership and teach them how. Yeah. Well, I also heard you talking to writers too. So I just want to like, say like it sounds like you've been asking the writers and the people you're working with and asking your learners at home your your kids <laughs> like what's supporting you right yeah absolutely right we have to this is a perfect time for teacher research and inquiry yeah um into this work and i guess that ties into grace right we have to um be gathering information from all places and it's valid right we need to really listen to it and hear and read like the lines that what's going on underneath a comment like yeah. oh why did somebody not want to do that and then figure out what was it was it just a simple roadblock of technology uh, we can probably take care of that right was it um, something else going on at home in context and so we have to work in a different kind of way or is it actual content well I can teach you that too so you really do have to like listen closely and figure out what this experience is because it's different for everybody yeah yeah Wow. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for all your wisdom and sharing this. And I feel like we've gotten it so fresh, too, after you've had such an awesome I know. summer. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm leaving uh, this summer um, hopeful, right? Yeah. That knowing that remote teaching is different, but it can still be good. And I'm super hopeful about it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Beth. Really appreciate yeah. it. I'm Thank you. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.